Guys, happy Easter. We have an encouraging message for you in just a few moments, but first we wanna say hi. My name is Carissa Rodriguez. My husband and I pastor the young adults at the Conway campus, and I get to serve in our church's creative department with Emily. Yes, and I get to pastor the college students at Conway with my husband, Justin. Shout out in the comments if you are a part of Elevation or YA across the state. Right, you could be here in Conway, you could be at one of our 18 campuses across Arkansas, or this could be your first introduction to new life. Either way, we're so glad you're spending Easter with us. We've never had an Easter like this. Mm -hmm. All of our campuses are joined together this morning. But the more the merrier. So share this video with a friend and invite them to come to church with you today. Even though it's through a screen, we're so glad to be with you. So if you're watching online, comment in the chat where you're from, who all is watching with you, anything you love about the message, and any prayer requests you have. Yes, our pastors are gathering the requests that you send in and are praying for them throughout the week. So we want to know how we can specifically be praying for you. Chances are many of you are gathered with your whole family watching service today. So kids, we want to welcome you to this service too. We have videos and lessons for you all linked in the description, but really we want to invite you to worship with your family. We know you love to worship in Kid Life 412, so show them how it's done. The past couple of weeks, we've been taking communion together as a church as a way to get our focus and attention back on Jesus during this crazy season. We've just been using whatever we have in the pantry. So last week, our family used cinnamon toast crunch and almond milk. <laughs> yeah, we used sourdough and coffee. So grab whatever you have at home. You do not want to miss out on this moment later on in service. The heart of this isn't what you're using, but what Jesus has done for us. Right, and whether you consider New Life Church your home or you're just hanging out with us for the first time, God's doing really big things here and we want to give you the opportunity to be a part of it. We have really easy ways to give. There's a link in the description. There's ways you can give on the screen. We invite you to participate in giving even in small amounts. It could be a dollar. Friends, we're so glad that you're here. And we believe that this message from our founding pastor, Pastor Rick Bizette, will bless you and encourage your family. Thank you so much for joining us and happy Easter. Hello, Arkansas. Happy Easter. My name is Rick Bazette, and this is my wife, Michelle, and we pastor a church in Arkansas called New Life Church. We have 18 different campuses, and typically we're meeting in buildings on Easter. And this time, because of what's going on, we're not able to. But we still get to have a church. I think the church is unstoppable. But let me be clear. In Arkansas, there are so many great churches. New Life Church is not even close to the best church. I think we all love the Lord. We all want to point people to Christ. And that's what I want to do right now. I'm from Louisiana, and I'm a Cajun. And when we moved here, God gave us a supernatural love for this state. I'll never forget Paul Ills. I did his funeral. He was the voice of the Razorbacks. And uh, before he died, he looked at me and he said, Rick, you love Arkansas more than anybody I know. Well, I don't know if that's true but I am very thankful that I'm a pastor here. And that's what I wanna do right now. I wanna pastor everyone at the sound of my voice. So let's start out in prayer. Lord, I do wanna thank you for everybody that is out there. Some are hurting and some, Lord God, are trying to find out what you wanna teach them. Some do not even know who you are and, and many are in love with you, but they're insecure about the times that we're in. So we need Easter. We need to know who you are.
So speak clearly to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, New Life Church, this is going to be a great moment because we're going to take communion together. So go and get some bread and get some juice, and this is going to be special because every time you do this, you remember the Lord. The Bible says it doesn't matter how often you do it, but when you do it, remember Him. And the Bible even says to do it in a worthy manner. So if you have any crackers or any juice, we're going to participate in communion now. If you don't, you can still listen in and learn about our Lord and Savior. It's a great day to do that on Easter. On the night that he was betrayed, he held up a piece of bread. They didn't know everything about what was happening, but they were listening. And he said, this is going to represent my body. And every time you eat it, please remember me. And they all ate together. And then after that, he held up a cup, and it represents his grace. He called it a new covenant. And he said, please, every time you drink this, please remember me. Remember my grace. And they all drank together. Thank you, Lord, for this time. And I know a lot of you uh, love to worship God, maybe to listen to music or to sing songs to the Lord. Right now, we have a song called King of Kings that describes the entire gospel from beginning to the end in one song. I don't know how this person was able to write this song the way that it is. So our worship team came together from across the state of Arkansas, and they did this song. It's called King of Kings. Uh, I know you might be in your living room. Maybe you're somewhere else. But I want to ask you to participate in this. Uh, the best way to do it is to sing along or to at least listen to the lyrics because this is Easter. This is what this season is all about. And the Lord knows we need victory right now. So let's worship together.
incredible worship song. I told you it was good. It's the story of Easter. It's the whole gospel. But here's the story of Easter in the Word. In Luke chapter 24, it says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them and said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, and that happened, to be crucified, and that happened, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. There's something special about remembering. So here's my point for today. A lot of times in my life and in yours as well, Easter seems so far away. And so we're going to bring it to you today, right in this season, this crisis, this this time in your living room. We're going to bring Easter to you. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is that Easter destroys shame. Shame It just removes you away from the Lord, and Easter came to destroy that. I'll show you a verse about that in a minute. But I get this topic because shame is something that I lived under for a long time. In fact, I grew up in a church that was very legalistic. They would teach truth, which you never want to compromise the truth of the Word, but they didn't have grace. So it was just always judgmentalism and condemnation. And for example, my Sunday school teacher, typically these teachers are kind and they love their class. But my Sunday school teacher hated her class and she didn't like me. She would point at us and and tell us that hell was hot and that we're going to hell. I've talked about this for so many years. But the truth of the matter is, it hurt me. It made me feel like the Lord didn't want me around. And that shame 
it, it seemed to me that Jesus didn't want me to pray. He didn't want me to seek after him. And so I turned away from him. You can see this with people in scripture like Peter. Peter said to the Lord before Jesus died on that Good Friday, he said, I'm never going to deny you. And Jesus said, yes, you are. And it certainly happened. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he called for the disciples, but he added the name Peter. Why did he do that? Because Peter didn't think he was a follower anymore. He thought he blew it. Some of you, you think you've, you've blown it, that the Lord doesn't want you around. But that's not what Easter says. Jesus tracked down Peter. If Judas wouldn't have committed suicide, he would have done it there as well. Why? Because he loves restoring relationships. Another example is the woman who was caught in adultery. She was loaded with shame. The religious people threw her at the feet of Jesus. And they said, Jesus, you know the word. She has to be stoned to death. She was caught in adultery. And Jesus said, well, that is true, but let's do it this way. Let's let the one of you who's without any sin throw the first rock. And then he wrote on the ground and they saw what was going on. And they had so much shame that they ran away from him instead of falling before him. So the only one left is this woman who was caught in adultery. And Jesus looked at her and said, I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. You know what I've learned? You're not going to live a victorious life and go after Christ if you don't understand that he is great at forgiving people. Uh, you can see this in Scripture, but no better place than in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Meaning, in the original language, this means with joy he went to the cross, despising shame to destroy shame. So if you're here right now and you're dealing with shame, don't handle it like Adam and Eve did. Uh, when they fell, they hid away from God and they covered themselves like it was a distance. Because of Easter, we can run directly to Him. Repentance is one of the most powerful words in the Bible. It literally means you can turn no matter where you are and face a holy God because of the power of Easter. Number two, Easter allows you to call his name. Question, what do you call God? Uh, Michelle and I were talking recently about different names that people have for the Lord. And uh, can you think of any that you've heard through the years? The man upstairs. Yeah, the, the man upstairs, like the, the big guy in the sky or whatever. I've noticed that when you get to know him, you change what you call him. It's similar to you in your life and me in my life. Uh, for me, if somebody calls me Ricky, I pretty much know that was somebody I went to high school with. Uh, this also means that I probably partied with them way back in the day. But a lot of people might call me Richard. For example, uh, my official name is Richard. So if I'm at the airport, someone will say, have a good day, Mr. Richard. Uh, but as people get to know me better, their name changes for me. Because I'm a pastor, some people call me pastor. Some people call me brother. It might be reverend. I've even had some call me father. 
People will say, what do you want me to call you? Well, you can call me Rick. I've noticed, though, that I have four people on this planet who call me dad, and I love them. I've raised them, Michelle and I have, and we tried to, to do the best that we could. We made mistakes, but, but man, I love when they call me dad. I, I love that, that name. Uh, when you think about Easter, you, you think about dad a lot because there's no pain like kid pain. And in fact, the father, he gave his only son to be in a relationship with you. And I know the pain of that was real. You know it too if you have a kid. But I have somebody who loves me more than anyone else, I hope, and it's Michelle. <laughs> and she has names for me too, and some of them we're not going to cover right now. They're private names, but one of the names you always call me. Why don't you tell them what name you call me? <laughs> Ricker. She calls me Ricker, and then sometimes if I'm really nice, she'll say, hey, love. And then if she's being cute, she'll say, lovey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I call her Boozy and I have other names too, but we're not going to get into that. The fact is, the closer you get someone, the more the name changes. You know what name is above every other name? It's the name of Jesus. Uh, so I find that as I grow in my relationship with the Lord, that I'm not referring to him at a distance, but I'm referring to him as someone who's close by. Look at this verse in Romans chapter 8. In verse 15, it says, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Like the reason why Easter came to us is so we could see him as a loving father. My dad loves me. And so when I go to his home, I don't crawl on the ground and say, Father, can I enter into your home? No, I just walk right in. Dad, where's the red beans and rice? Where's the crawfish? I, I hug him. Because I know He loves me. It brings me close to Him. This is a great revelation for you to have at Easter. You know, I was thinking uh, that some of us were looking everywhere. All the stories of the crisis, we are discouraged. We're trying to watch the news maybe way too much. And, and uh, what I would like for us to do is to turn and put our eyes on Jesus. And in fact, there's a song that says, Turn Your Eyes upon Jesus. And the lyrics of this song, it can minister to anybody, no matter how well you're doing or how much you're hurting. Let's worship together.
Okay, and number three, another thing that helps you keep Easter close, like I know it happened 2,000 years ago, but it's real today, is to remember this. Easter remembers his pain. He went through a lot to be in a relationship with us. Uh, many times at church, I've described this in detail of the scourging and all that he went through and the praetorium and the way that he was beaten and he went all out to reach us. That pain was for us to be close to him. I remember one time my son Tanner, uh, my third born, my youngest son, he was in a golf tournament. He played junior golf and they had a strange rule that parents could not speak to the kids. And this was difficult, especially one day, Tanner was playing extremely bad that day and he was so discouraged. I could see the pain on him. And then at one point, he shanked it out of bounds. A shank is the worst shot you can hit in golf. And my son was crushed. And when that happened, I just kind of rolled my eyes back like, man, I want to run over there and talk to him. But then when I looked back at my son, he was looking at me and it hit me. He may think that I'm mad at him right now because he's playing bad golf. If he thinks that I'm mad at him right now, it's going to hurt our relationship. But if somehow he could know how much I'm hurting because he is hurting, it would help our relationship. So afterwards, I was able to settle that in conversation with him. I think it's very important that you understand that Jesus, he, he carried a lot of pain so we could be close to him. This reminds me of a couple who were married for 57 years and then she died one night in the middle of the night. And his sons uh, said, Dad, are you okay? Because he had such a strong marriage. And he said, yeah, I'm okay. He said, Dad, are you sure? He said, yeah, it happened the way that I wanted it to happen. And one of them said, what do you mean, Dad? He said, well, I always wanted your mom to be with the Lord first, to die first. And then they were puzzled, like, what do you mean, Dad? You wanted mom to die first. And he said, well, I wanted her to die first because I never wanted her to feel the pain that I feel right now. Wow. When they were driving home, they actually said to each other, maybe that's why mom and dad had such a close relationship because they were always trying to take the pain off of one another. That's not what we do in our homes sometimes now. We're actually contributing pain more than we're taking it away. With our relationship with the Lord, you've got to remember that He's trying to take the pain off of you, the pain of sin, the pain of compromise. I don't care where you are or what you've done, you can turn and face a holy God. And then number four, remember that Easter is victory that can and will remain. Like you just have to believe that. Uh, so I was thinking about how do I draw this to a clear picture with you, the victory that we have because of Easter. You know, we call it Good Friday. What happened on Good Friday was, it was not the greatest day for the Lord in terms of pain. And it certainly didn't look like victory. You can learn a lot from listening to his last words. On the cross, he was saying, Father, forgive them. He built a relationship with a thief who was on his left side. And, and, uh, and he, was, he was saying, John, please take care of my mom. And when he was in all this pain, he was just speaking incredible truth. 
But then he died, and it looked like major defeat. Years ago, in Waterloo, there was a battle between Napoleon and Wellington. That particular battle was very important to Great Britain. Napoleon had never lost a battle. But they knew if they lost the battle that day, that London would be in captivity, and it would never be the same for them. So they waited in London on reports coming from Waterloo. Well, the way they would communicate from Waterloo all the way back to London, which is quite a distance, many miles, the way that they would communicate is from mountaintop to mountaintop. I don't know how they would signal, but they signaled all the way back to London, and then one man was in charge of the billboard to write on there for London to see what had happened. Well, they put the message on the billboard, and this is what they saw. They were watching it like we watch the news in the crisis right now. What's the latest? What's going on? How are we doing? This is what they were doing in London. They were nervous. So the word started being written, and it said their commander, Willington, it said, Willington defeated. It was about that time that fog rolled through London. If you've ever been to London, you know that can happen quickly, and it can also leave quickly. And when they saw that Willington defeated, they went into mourning. They, they were crying and screaming, locking themselves in doors. People were running around. But later on that day, the fog lifted, and they read the sign again. And it said, Willington defeated Napoleon. This is a lot like the story of Easter. For a while, it looked like Jesus was defeated. But Jesus defeated Satan. We need victory right now. Some of you haven't had a win in your relationship with the Lord for a long time. So I just want you to consider that, like, like, are you serving the Lord? What I'm hoping is when we get through this crisis, that we'll settle our relationship with Him. And many of you have gotten way off track. And you know what you need to settle. You know what you need to repent of. But you will not do it if you don't know how much He misses you, how much He loves you, and how much victory can be yours. So if you don't mind, with Michelle and I, if you would bow your heads right now, right there in your living room or wherever you may be. And I want to pray for you. If you are here and listening in and you don't know the Lord, maybe you've never met him, Jesus called it being born again. He told that to Nicodemus in the middle of a night. And so if you've never given your heart to the Lord, this is a chance you can do that. The Bible says when one person does that, that all of heaven rejoices. Maybe you're here right now and you have served the Lord, but you wandered away from the truth. Like you're no longer in stride with him. Uh, Paul said in one of the epistles to keep in step with the Spirit of God. Like if you look around, you're not with him. And you desire now to rededicate your life to the Lord. If either one of those are you, then I want to pray for you. You might just have a major prayer need, something going on in your home or in your life. I know Michelle and I have one right now. Either one of those, I want to pray for you. So let's go to him right now. Lord Jesus, we admit that we are sinners. 
we remember a lot of our sin. And Lord, we're so sorry for seasons running away from you. But we believe the Easter story and we repent of our sin and we turn to you. You're a good God. Your word says that it's your goodness that leads people to repentance. So we ask that you forgive us of our mistakes, of our sin, the times that we have hurt people, things that we did like we planned it and went and did it, a sin that we have forgotten about. We just ask that you move into our lives. Lord, we need you every day of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what I was thinking about? Anyone who made a decision to serve the Lord on Easter Day during this crisis, it's going to be great for us to look back at this season, even many years from now. And I thank God for all of you who made a decision to give your heart to Christ. But we want to pray for you. If you just gave your heart to the Lord, maybe you recommitted your life to Christ, or if you have a prayer need, if you would text the word NEXT to 88000, we will be able to pray with you and seek the Lord on your behalf. So to me, it's a glorious day, and I can't think of a better song for us to sing than that one, Glorious Day. This is going to encourage you. Let's go for it. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my dream Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my time till I.
Passion was heavy The chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter, I was an orphan worship team. They have a heart after God, and they certainly are gifted. And another thing that we do on weekends when we meet in normal church buildings is we have a chance for people to give. And I love those moments because people do it in worship, and then also we give updates on what's happening around the state of Arkansas. And that's what we want to do right now. For those of you who have lost your job and you can't give right now, we've got this. We want to be praying for you. But many of us, the Lord is still blessing us, and we're going to remain faithful in this season. But I want to show you why we are faithful, and we want to show you what we're doing in the state of Arkansas together, collectively. As we are living in these unprecedented days, we are seeing the church show up in extraordinary and creative ways. In many of our communities, our church and other churches are joining to support medical professionals on the front lines of this pandemic. In a beautiful display of gratitude, people have filled local hospital parking lots to pray over their staff and their patients. Honking horns, flashing lights, clapping and cheering, all to show that they are not in this fight alone. We are praying health, protection, strength, and peace over them in Jesus' name. As we practice social distancing, our life groups, local sisterhoods, and Bible studies are continuing to meet online through Facebook Live, Zoom, FaceTime, phone calls, and Instagram Live. Community across the state is strong, vibrant, and fun. We have loved seeing the creative means of gathering and checking in on each other to make sure that no one feels isolated or alone because we are all in this together. These times can be especially difficult for students who rely on school lunches, single parents, and those who have lost their jobs. The Arkansas Dream Center is working closely with organizations to look after those in our communities and to meet the physical needs, especially with food. So let's take a look. Hey, New Life Church, I'm Drew Davis, and on behalf of CityServe Arkansas and the Arkansas Dream Center, I just wanna tell you, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for how you've contributed financially. Because of you, we've been able to serve over 48,000 hurting people across Arkansas. We've been able to provide over 142,000 meals and provide $335,000 of gift and kind for those that are struggling all across this state. So proud of you. So proud of all you're doing and all we're doing for the kingdom through this time. 
Thank you, Drew. And thank you to everyone who has donated and financially given to support New Life Church and these local communities. Be encouraged that every tithe and offering given is being put towards furthering the gospel and the hope of Jesus. He is our peace, He is our comfort, and He is our joy. There's always so many other things that we could report, but I'm glad we got a taste of some of the things that we're doing. Before we go, every weekend of late, I've been praying with Michelle a prayer of blessing over every one of you. And if you don't mind, just open your hands right where you are right now, because the scripture says when you do that, you're doing it without doubt, you're doing it without an angry heart, and that you're just open to him. Since he paid a huge price to be close to us, Let's receive the blessing from the Lord. Michelle and I are, are going to pray with you. Lord, I want to thank you for all the things that you're doing inside of us. Lord, we invite you, O Holy Spirit, into our homes. We're so sorry for the seasons where we don't give you honor. But right now, we call upon you with confidence that you love us and we love you as well. So, Lord, I ask that your face will shine upon everyone listening. Lord, I pray that they'll be blessed going in and coming out. Like your scripture says, Lord, I pray that they will be lenders and not borrowers. They'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Lord, I pray that you'll give them ideas and inventions during the season. Lord, I pray that you'll drop names inside of us of someone who's hurting that we can call or encourage with scripture or with prayer. Lord, we certainly want you and everything that we do. So God, please move into our homes in such a way that your name is the center of everything that we are. We love you, oh God. You're incredible to worship. And thank you for Easter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks a lot for joining us. And God bless you.